morning and welcome to Sunday at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Danny Deeth and we have just celebrated the coming of the Christ child into the world. Now, what do we do? It's the right time to ask ourselves, what is the importance of that event? What does it mean for me? And how do I live my life in response to what has just happened? Well, I wanna invite you to join this amazing church family and this safe place to explore your faith as we are asking the same questions. So come on in. Our first scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of this kingdom there shall be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. This is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the second reading of God's word from, from Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 10. I remind us, as we hear this, God's word is always a return to reality. Uh, what we will read and talk about today will be great benefit to us as we go into 2022. Hear God's word from Isaiah 53, 600 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. The prophet Isaiah writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, 
Who has believed when he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our inequities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. And like sheep, we have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth by oppression and judgment. He was taken away as far as his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with a wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring, he shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. This is the word of the Lord. It is good to be with y'all on this second day of Christmas uh, as we think of the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas. I know some people set up trees Christmas Eve night and don't take them down till the twelfth days of Christmas are over with. But Christmas begins with trouble. From early on, even today, we live in a time of trouble in all kinds of ways. And it was the same way when the time for Christ's birth occurred. It was a time of trouble. I've called this the trouble with God's favor. As Jimmy read the scriptures uh, foretelling the coming of Christ in Luke uh, when it was announced to Mary, uh, she was a young lady, a teenager, living in Nazareth up near Galilee in the northern part of Israel. If you go there today in Nazareth, there is a beautiful church over that site called the Church of the Annunciation. And there's a certain part of that church you can go to, and they say that is where Mary was sleeping when the angel appeared to her in this room. And when the angel announced to her the news that would change her life forever. And I don't know about you. I love the Christmas season. I love all the buildup of it. Uh, when you watch television and hear the stories, you watch the Hallmark Channel. It seems like at the Christmas Eve kiss, all everything that is wrong turns to right and everything becomes right in the world. And that's a wonderful fantasy. 
and uh, wish Christmas was always that way. But it's not true, is it? That's not reality. It's not the reality with Christ and his birth. And it's typically not the reality with us. Uh, this Christmas, a lot of things going on with sicknesses, with illnesses. Christmases are not what we once thought they were. Uh, we're not with family who we'd like to be with, perhaps. Uh, I hope yours went very well. Uh, but I know we've had deaths this year in certain families uh, because of illnesses and schedules. Certain people can't be with you. Family members cannot be with you. Uh, and uh, sometimes it's that way. But Christmas has always been part of trouble. And when you look at Mary, her life, uh, and what the Lord, the angel said to her when he announced to her, he said, oh, favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, if you heard an angel saying, oh, favored one, the Lord is with you, you naturally would expect great things, don't you? God's blessings upon me. When good things happen to us, we say God's blessings are on me. God has been good to me. We typically don't say that when bad things happen to us. And, and this young Mary, if you put herself, yourself in her situation, uh, a young lady uh, anticipating normal things that young ladies want to experience. She's living with her mother and father. She has this young gentleman who has, it's been arranged between their families, uh, a civic and religious uh, document that she is to be betrothed to him. So she, it's a legally binding situation. And as she sleeps in that night in Nazareth, uh, in typical Nazareth type of family, the angel says, the Lord is with you. And of course, her response is what I think most of our response would be. She was greatly troubled at the same. Uh, Jimmy's version read perplexed, troubled, perplexed. I'm sure panic ensued in her situation. And the scripture says she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. In verse 30, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, which is naturally I tend to go there when things happen to me. I, I start going in the worst possible situation in my mind. And Mary did the same thing. And God, the angel says to her, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You would expect wonderful things are going to happen to her. But as this thing unfolds, she realizes her life is about to change and she never thought it was gonna be that way. Uh, she's got images of a great wedding ceremony Beautiful bridesmaids, grooms, great celebrations in mind, thinking about what she's going to wear on her wedding day, what that's going to be like with all the family gathered with feasting, celebrations. And this is what the angel says, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. And of course, Mary asked the obvious question, being a young virgin, how will this happen since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you that the child will be born and will be called the Son of God. And he makes reference to Elizabeth, 
for verse 37, nothing will be impossible with God. And I am so impressed with Mary's answer after all of this. It shows her spiritual depth. It shows her character that she was a young lady, been following the Lord for a long time. And she answers, and Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Very impressed. I, I think I would pitch a fit and argue, this is going to change my life. What's Joseph going to think? All kinds of questions. What are my family going to think? I'm going to be put out. How am I going to explain all this? She has an incredible trust in the Lord. And you go on to read her Magnificat that she writes uh, her praise to the Lord. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my savior. She tells God all and, re and reminds and remembers how God has blessed her, how big God is. Again, she goes back to her theology when her world is shaken. A good reminder for us when our world is troubled, when our world is shaken, she goes back to good theology that, that God is her savior, that God is in control. God is not off on some kind of another planet having a picnic, forgetting about your life or her life or what's going on in our culture, in our country or anywhere else in the world. She realizes God is in control and she reminds herself of that in her prayer and where she is and she praises the Lord and she remembers what he has done and she thanks him for what he has done. A good lesson for all of us in troubled times, when we get troubled news, when we have troubled illnesses, when we wonder, when we tend to go to dark places, when we hear news that is troubling to us, Mary reminds us of what we need to do. And we're even told back in, in Matthew that Joseph shows his character as well. According to the laws of which I understand those days, Mary could have been stoned as an adulterer, but she's not. Joseph wanted to protect her, says in Matthew 1.19, her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly but he considered those things and behold, an angel appeared to him and told him the story and he believed it as well. He didn't think, I just had a bad dream last night. He went out, he recognized that was from the Lord and went out and obeyed the Lord and stayed with Mary and protected her. And when they were called to go to Bethlehem, which is five miles south of, of Jerusalem uh, by donkey, I presume, or camel, uh, she, he went with her and they registered for the census and that's when Jesus was born in a manger. You can go to the church in Bethlehem, the church of the nativity, and go down to the spot where they say this is where Jesus was born. And there's incense and candles lit all the time there. They had a great celebration Christmas Eve there. You may have seen it on the news on television. But it's interesting how oftentimes in trouble, God uses that in this world to reveal his will, to reveal himself to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Uh, I know when I've had times of trouble, I always try to go back to God. Once I, I quit reacting immediately, go back to the Lord, go back to God's word to be reminded of his word and reality that he is in control and he has a plan. And I am, I've been blessed by that over the years. I've been blessed by that this Christmas. And I will need to do that in the years ahead in 2022. You will need to remember this. After that initial reaction when troubling news comes to go back to God's word and good theology that he is in control, that Christ is here and he is working his will even though we may not even see it. I recall in a couple of men uh, as an example, Nathaniel, who was a printer. This is histor historical back in 1813. And Jim, a businessman. Nathaniel was born in March of 19, 1813. He was the second of four children. When he was eight years old, his father died unexpectedly. And he had to go to work uh, for his, his, uh, his life. And at age 15, Nathaniel began a career that would last his whole lifetime. They both worked in lithography business in a lithography shop. Uh, Nathaniel moved to New York City on one Wall Street, New York City, uh, and he produced these cheap, mass-produced lithographs, often of disaster scenes. Back in those days, uh, it was a great disaster that these steamships, the steam engine would blow up in horrible situations, but like us today with aircraft crashes and, and terrible hurricanes and tornadoes, we want to see it. We want to see the damage. And, and he produced these lithographs that showed these great steam crack, uh, steamship uh, that are blown up. And this fit his melancholy mood. He married... His daughter died in infancy. Four months later, his wife died. He remarried again, had a son, and this child died. Then his brother died. He met a bookkeeper named Jim uh, uh, who had a knack for art, was upbeat, was happy, and together they turned all kinds of prints, especially prints well-known for their happy, sentimental scenes of American life. Well, one million prints between 1835 and 1907 were made of this. And from tragedy, Nathaniel Courier and James Ives produced beautiful winter Christmas scenes. Uh, we know as Courier and Ives. Maybe you've got some in your house. I know my grandmother had some. I can remember those visiting her on Christmas and seeing these scenes in her house, these beautiful winter scenes. But the rest of the story for the, of this is the next time you see a Courier and Ives painting a lithograph, it's what Nathaniel Courier had longed to believe in, uh, a serenity that he didn't really have or experience. And I wonder this Christmas, how many are longing to believe that are living in troubling times and all the gift wrapping and the decorations uh, are hiding that longing, that some know the wonder and enchantment of Christmas in their heads, but not in their hearts. If we're honest, all of us have faced things in our lives that cause us to pause 
Uh, if you are longing to believe the scriptures, uh, the scriptures are like a roaring fireplace for us. I didn't have a roaring fireplace yesterday because it's so hot. But um, I did have earlier in the week, uh, several Christmas, several of the mornings last week, it was so cold and I got a fire going. My wife and I would read, do our morning readings by the fire. And that was a lot of fun. But I think the scriptures are like a roaring fireplace calling us to the warmth and comfort of Jesus Christ. Come in from the winter, from the cold of doubt and warm your hands and your heart in the furnace of faith that God has given us in the Bible that tells us the story of Christ. And this faith happens uh, when, when what we're hoping and longing for has not occurred yet. We all have longings that have not occurred and some of them won't until we get to heaven. We want them here, but we are made for another place. Uh, this is a gift, this faith that God gives us. And faith does not mean you have it all together uh, to believe. It means you believe in God to put it together for you. And you haven't the slightest idea about how he will do it. Just like Mary, she thought, how in the world is this all going to happen? How is this going to play out? This is too big for me. Just got to trust each day in the Lord, except that it involves Jesus Christ. That's for sure. And it's all up to God to do it. Uh, the other gift, the fulfillment of his promise that Mary hoped for. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She was an astute Bible scholar. She knew God fulfills the longings to believe. In the Chronicles of Narnia, in the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, C.S. Lewis, like Courier and Ives, they had very unhappy childhood, C.S. Lewis did. He longed to believe, even as an atheistic professor uh, at Oxford University, he said, the only thing I could believe in was imagination. And he had quite an imagination. Maybe you've read some of his material, which is excellent, and some of his work, seen some of his movies. He later came to see his longing to believe through myths and fables he studied in his relationship with J.R. Tolkien, another professor at Oxford. Lewis writes, uh, creatures aren't born with desires unless satisfaction for desires exist. A baby feels hunger, he writes. We have food. A duckling wants to swim. There's water. I find in myself, Lewis writes, a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy. Like most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. C.S. Lewis recognized what the Bible tells us. We are not made for this earth. We're to spend our time here as productive and fruitful as we can, but God made us for another world. He was made for another world, longing, fulfilled, and believing in Jesus Christ. Some of the most wonderful theological insights have poured from that transformed heart of C.S. Lewis believing in Jesus Christ. And so in conclusion, this reminds me, yes, of another old movie, Miracle on 34th Street. You remember the story? I saw, saw it. Chris Kringle believes uh, he is Santa Claus. The authorities want him in an insane asylum. And 
All this takes place in the presence of this little girl, Susan Walker, and she had been hurt by the loss of her father. But in the end, old Chris Kringle is shown to be sane and the world mad. And he gets to the little Susan Walker, she believes. Uh, she needed to believe in Chris Kringle in that movie or in that story, uh, to believe in the wonder and enchantment of Christmas. And we do too, in a little different way. What wonder do you believe in this Christmas, uh, this coming year? What enchants you? Maybe there can be happiness in a marriage or that there's life to come where you will see your parents or like courier your children. Maybe you long to believe in order to satisfy the desire inside of you like C.S. Lewis. The Bible, the birth of Jesus Christ, God has remembered us. Dear friends, you who long to believe in a world gone mad, the longing to believe is always settled in the wonder of one much greater than Kris Kringle. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who Mary was preparing the way for. God used her in a great way. The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is here today, and he is real, and he welcomes doubters. He welcomes skeptics. He welcomes little boys and girls and all who can say, Lord, I believe in my unbelief. And this is good news for us as we celebrate Christmas, as we look on a new year. I have spent a little time in Edinburgh, Scotland, and I remember uh, on some of the foggy mornings, there's a great, if you've been there, you know the great ancient volcano called Arthur's Seat. I've climbed to the top of it, and you can look out over Edinburgh, Scotland. It's very beautiful. But on some days, there's a cloud bank that covers Arthur's Seat. And if you were first-time visitor to Edinburgh, you may look up and you may not realize it's there or, or know it's there. But I've been there before. I know it's there even though I can't see it. And I think that's a good analogy many times in the Christian life. We sometimes can't see God, but he is there. Just like C.S. Lewis wrote in the Chronicles of Narnia, with everything going on, the white witch is taken over. There's no Christmas. Everything is turned cold. Everything is frozen. Uh, it's a terrible place. Uh, spring never comes. But in the background, Lewis writes of Aslan the lion, who is the embodiment of Jesus Christ. And he shows us through that movie, through that story, that Aslan is on the move, that Jesus Christ is on the move. Even though we can't see it, sometimes we can't feel it, we don't feel the emotions of it, that doesn't neglect it. Jesus Christ came and he's here with us and he is working even though we can't see it. It's a great story that even in the, when he's silent and seemingly far off, he's here with us. I want you to know that and remember that and recall that this week and in 2022. You will need, there will be moments you will need that and we can thank the Lord that he has provided that for us. May you be encouraged by God's word today as we celebrate him and worship him on this last Lord's Day of 2021.
Allow me to pray for us. Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you for your word, which always speaks to us and does not stutter. Lord, help us in this next week and in this new year that we could come back to you just as Mary recited good theology, reminded herself as she thought about your word and treasured in her heart of what you were doing. And we thank you, Father, for the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Lion of Judah, who stands with us, who goes before us, who has plans for us, that we're not off doing things on our own, that he has plans for us and he has his hands upon us. May you remind us of that today and in the days to come. Uh, bless us as we leave here today. May we be lighthouses for you in this community and wherever you see fit to have us in 2022 and beyond. We commit this to you. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.